0: Welcome to the Curious About Nature podcast. This is a podcast for folks who want to connect with nature and rewild childhood. Hosted by Rachel Mills, Buttercup Learning's founder, an educator with 20 plus years of experience with a passion for animation, the natural world, and conservation. Rachel focuses on getting digital kids outdoors and having fun in nature. Promoting well-being and a can-do attitude to local wildlife conservation and sustainable living. Join her and her guests for their stories, experiences and tips to support outdoor learning and nature connection.
1: Hello and welcome to the Curious About Nature podcast. Today I'm joined by Ian Stevens, a lawnmaster. Ian is a qualified turf professional with over 30 years' experience in caring for lawns. And before joining Lawn Master, he worked as a head greenkeeper at numerous golf courses. Hi there, Ian.
2: Yeah, Hi, Rachel. Thanks for inviting Hiya. us on. It's great to be here.
1: It's lovely yeah. to have you. I'm curious to know a little bit more about your background.
2: Oh Well, well I, I left school, went straight into greenkeeping on golf courses. But I think about 18 months before that, I actually did work experience on the golf course as well. I've I've got lots of knowledge of of working on the golf course from even before leaving school and just love working outside. And lucky enough, I managed to get a job when I was outside as well and I've never had anything indoors. So the idea of working indoors probably sent me slightly (laughs) stir-crazy. So it's just I've just got outside all the way through me if that makes any sort of sense.
1: I think that's amazing, isn't it? Because lots of people have very sort of stationary careers uh, where they're kind of stuck at a desk and maybe they enjoy getting out outside into the country for walks or even just locally in their local park or whatever. I live out in the countryside at the moment. I have a nature resistant child who'll enjoy the facts of nature and enjoys kind of little little trips, but get her out on a big jaunt and she's like, "Oh, I'm too cold. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that and uh, and when I was growing up, my parents didn't really give me the choice. It was like, you know, it's Sunday, we're going out for a country walk, and it was just the norm. It's what we did. I think we're a little bit spoilt as a family now where we live because we're surrounded by nature, whereas when I lived mm. in suburbia in Middlesbrough, we had to go that little, little bit further to have mm. that experience. So, yeah. What does a greenkeeper do then?
2: It's basically work on the golf course, and it's cutting grass, setting it all up for the competitions, and it's... <laughs> As boring as it sounds, <laughs> cutting grass—that was me for 25 years. Then, yeah. and I've got a degree in turf management, which is all about grass. And everyone's like, "But what's that all about? Surely, grass is grass." But it's, it makes sound really basic. But there's like, you have to set up bunkers and you build tees, greens, and you cutting back bushes on sort of some courses. I was out. Obviously, I was trying to help wildlife as much as I could. There's always a bit of resistance between you and the golf course, what you should be doing. Cause they want it set a certain way, but I've got a bit of an environmental background as well. So I've always sort of trying to mix it up so that it helps with wildlife, but you've got the golfers as your main priority, but it, it, there's all sorts of bits and pieces. It sounds really boring to say it is just grass, but it's just out there in the golf course, doing all sorts of things that need sorting really.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, so you went from that into lawn care, or was there something yeah. else in between the two?
2: No, to be fair, I, I worked on one golf course, and that didn't quite work out. So we parted company. I had about six months out, found another job, same thing on a golf course. I was there for about two years, and again, that was a bit of a parting company situation coming up. Looking at trade magazine, saw a law master said to wife, oh, that's quite nice, she we look at that? And she told me to shut up and get back to work and just get, <laughs> just get on with stuff and it all went a bit silly and there was a bit of a stress thing nastiness and took some time off and she just said to me right. one day why don't you give these guys a call so we phoned them up went along for a chat thought it would be 10 minutes two hours later we came out and said that's it we're done we're going to start this off and that was 2010 we started mm-hmm. so we've gone quite a while now
1: yeah, yeah. and you deal with sort of Nottingham and Lincoln area is that right?
2: Yeah, so we've got a large area. We cover mainly sort of Nottinghamshire. We cover Lincoln and all the surrounding, but we've got about three other counties. So we actually cover five counties as an area, but we only sort of nudge into a couple of the counties. But it it is good, though, because it gets us driving all over the place. You get to see big skies and fields, and hopefully if it's nice, and you see hares running around and red kites are flying around in the sky around you, and you think, oh, it's not a bad life, really. And then you think, oh, I've actually got to do some work now, which is a little bit irritating when you're driving along.
1: Do you want to tell us some of your favourite experiences about working outdoors? Because you said that you've pretty much spent your adult life working outside.
2: Yeah, so there's all sorts of things, really. But I think one of my ones I was most proud of when I was working on the golf course, there was a a little orchid that used to grow on the golf course. It was called Autumn Ladies Tress, or tresses, if you've ever heard of it. It's quite a small one. It's only about this tall, it? comes up as a little sort of swirl around thing. I worked on the course and I saw there was one or two when I got there. And I thought, I'm determined to try and make a bit of a colony of these. And by the time I left, there must have been about 40 or so orchids that had all grown up. And by the end of it, I was having some of the lady golfers said to me, are they flowering? And I'd say, yeah, they're on the whatever fairway. And you'd see the ladies, they'd be scrabbling around on the ground trying to find what they were, which is really good. But I think... On a lawnmaster point of view, my proudest bit, I was doing a quote for someone, personal person I was doing a quote for, they had two kids walking around the garden and they kept saying to me, what's this, what's that? And dad would say, oh, no, he's busy doing what he's got to do. But in the end, they were asking me more about nature and wildlife than I was explaining about the garden, what I needed mm-hmm. doing. And when I went away, I think they were really interested in taking that on board and going further. So I never got that job, but... It was really great thinking I might have actually sparked something for these kids to do something which might lead to something even more, which was good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because when we're cutting grasses and cutting our lawns, we're obviously thinking about how to make that lawn beautiful. Because, you know, lots of people around the UK especially do prefer to have like very green lawns. But you seem quite interesting because you're sort of in touch with the wildlife as well. Do you think that's maybe quite unique in your
2: world? Uh, I, well, I so, and that sounds a bit whatnot, sort of trying to blow your own trumpet, but it probably there's not that many around mm. that I like it. And I actually was asked to write a, a guest blog for someone a while ago, like Orchid Spotting. I saw a customer back in May, June. I spoke to the Mr. Customer. Oh, you've got this thing in the garden. He was like, oh, is I? really? Does that mean we have to do something about it? Spoke to the gardener. He then spoke to Mrs. Customer. And we got an email from her about two months later, to say, thanks very much, it's been brilliant. We've watched it flowery all the way through. So I'll often just put a stick in the ground and say, look, I've seen this. If the customer's not there, you might wanna cut around it. I've noticed it's there. If you wanna do something to keep it, that's fine. Some people just don't care, they just cut straight out of the top, not bothered. But it's just lots of different things you can see out there. It doesn't have to just be a, a pristine carpet. Some mm-hmm. people want to leave an area of wildflowers and they say, can you not spray that area? Because we've just put some stuff down there. So we just say to our lads, look, don't spray there and just work around the customer and we can do what they like then. So that's not too bad. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah and I love that it's then kind of meat in both worlds, isn't it? People who want to mm. have that kind of fresh look green grass and uh, you're sort of helping them support a little bit of wildlife and a bit of mm. nature around that as well. What would you um, recommend to others to maybe get outdoors more?
2: As simple as it sounds, is it's just get out, just get outdoors yes. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you don't have to do the big Amazon treks and the cruises to North Pole and I know safaris and that sort of stuff. Wherever you are, there'll be a something fairly close to your doorstep. So it, you'll have a park or something. So you might not think there's an awful lot there, but if you go there be a nice tree or something. I've said about this loads of times, but there'll be a nice shaped tree. So you can just sort of say, actually, that's my tree. I can look at that and develop through the season and that can come on. But then as you're watching the tree, the squirrels will be running around and then you'll get to notice the birds that are up there. So I think if you just start doing something, but don't go out and think, the thing says I've got to do 10,000 steps a day, and you'll start getting up to about two, 3,000, have not done anything and you're tired out and you think, oh, do you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So just take it steady. Just do little bits, and if you find it's a bit too much to begin with, just stop, go back, and also if you can time it with a coffee stop in the middle, that's always good.
1: I always used to like going to the garden centre with my mum and dad because there was always that option of a treat. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice piece of cake. <laughs> that <is a> bribe. <laughs> yeah, but it got me interested in plants and so on. And I'm not a particularly keen gardener, if I'm really honest. I've had an allotment and I've grown things when i lived in bristol but since we moved out to the country um my my mother-in-law would say we've let let the garden go a little bit it's a bit more it's a great wildlife haven but it's not particularly yeah Mm. yeah, very
2: natural Um, (laughs) and
1: uh, i look at it sometimes and i feel a bit guilty because the previous owners had done quite a lot of work with landscaping and other things and that's still there but it's definitely Mm. not as um tidy shall we say but Mm. you know i just think well it kind of suits our personality better the way it is, to be honest.
2: But but that's the thing with gardens, though, because there's millions and millions of gardens up and down the country. And just our road, are about the only one that do really green nature sort of stuff. Mm. There, there's one one side of it, they quite like gravel and everything neat and tidy. They don't like things growing particularly. Other side, they just tend to cut everything down and everything's short. So we all do whatever we want in the garden that suits us. So I don't think you should feel guilty that the person before did that because you're just looking after that little space and if you want to do whatever you're doing with it that's entirely up to you yeah yeah Yeah.
1: we had great fun this summer actually we got a hammock off one of these free facebook groups and we've all been fighting to use the hammock (laughs) and take turns in it um but it, it was in our sort of long grass um and it was great just for like spotting the caterpillars and beetles and ladybirds and butterflies and bees and uh, just laid there especially on the summer holidays just admiring what was going on (laughs) and uh, she sort of said to us oh can you leave a patch next year again so that we can have like a secret garden she was very good same as you I think got an eye for spotting and and finding those little hidden little delights really (laughs) so you've touched on this a little bit already but do you have any other tips for exploring nature
2: just keeping your eyes open and just looking and it's not the massive great thing. We did a walk in the Peak District. We were just walking up a dry stone wall and all of a sudden I said to the wife, "Plum there's a fossil on that rock. And it it took us forever to then get to the end of this wall line where the footpath was because they were just fossils galore. So I think really it's just being mindful of what's around you. Don't just think, right, I've got to do a 15 mile walk so I'm going to storm straight through and get through everything because you can see just as much on small bits. I suppose as well, don't go out thinking I've got to see something because if you go out with expectations, it doesn't really work because you won't see it because nature's what it is. Unless you go out and see a tree, which generally doesn't move, but if you say I want to go out and make sure I want to see a whatever type of bird or I've got to see a fox or a deer or something, if they're not out there, you might just get yourself totally disappointed, but just go out there and enjoy what's out there.
1: Yeah I think I think that's a really good point actually because with kids sometimes if we set their expectations a bit too high like today we're going to spot british butterflies or something and mm. you tend to see those things just naturally it happens it's not something that you, you know you can sit and see how many you spot over the summer months but it's not something that unless you're on a butterfly farm there's a guarantee yeah. is there and, no, and quite. there's yeah. nothing worse than little kids kind of going, oh, we didn't see this or whatever. So we we started that with my own daughter doing like bird spotting on rainy days when she doesn't want to go out uh, from the window. Mm. And then once the rain stopped, she's really keen then to actually get out and tell me you know, this is a so-and-so bird mummy, you know, kind of that's thing. And, and, yeah. Have you got and, the feeders
2: and, nearby as well? Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. And, yeah.
1: And that's really sort of started to encourage her to kind of leave the screen at home and genuinely being amenable to kind of getting outside a little bit.
2: She might be a bit young, but she's got her own phone for photos and stuff. Because I know someone said to me, ask people to do is take a close-up photo and then just do a, yeah. a big surround sort of photo and then... I do that when we're out walking because um, I'm doing a, a photo a day thing at the moment. So wife's thinking, oh, God, he's off again. He's taking a photo of something, whatever that is. But I invariably find something that's a bit quirky or something. Eh.
1: Yeah, we did something similar, actually, on Sunday. We went in the local field, which has got a, a tree rope swing on it, oh, okay. um, which I keep looking at and thinking, oh, I'm not sure that would take my weight as an adult because mm-hmm. it's rope starting to fray a little bit at the top. But my daughter loves going on that, and she was the one who saw should we should we do a little bit of a nature spot? And I was like, what do you think we might find? She said, oh, um, let's just collect some leaves on the ground and see how many different shapes we can find. So we did that. And then so I said, oh, look, there's a mushroom here. And then she said, oh, let's take photographs of the mushrooms we come across. And I think we collected 10 in the space of like two minutes. And it is that kind of gentle exercise, gentle exploring it got her moving around, which is really important, I think, with half term break because she was very tired, a busy time at school, and then kind of wanting to just like not do much. Mm-hmm. And for her, that kind of being uh, sort of quiet is, is really important because she gets a little bit overwhelmed sometimes. So, yeah, uh, well, I think it's good that. that
2: that's being outside. I think it really works well for me because I don't do stress at all, which infuriates the heck out of my missus but whether it's because i work outside all the time so i just think i don't care but it's really good because your brain just switches off but where you said about leaves the daughter picked up this might not work very well because if it's on a podcast listening but this is one of our finds we had if you can find that one it's big leaf that we saw a couple weeks ago so that's now been brought home um it matches another equally big leaf that we've got but we we have a whole collection of all sorts of things we've got feathers and leaves and stones and pebbles of different shapes so yeah that's another something you can have a little scrapbook of things or a box or something yeah I'm
1: curious that the wildlife photographs that you're sharing online what inspired you to do that originally uh,
2: it was really just one of my um friends on facebook because i do a 30 days wild if you know that with yeah the knots wildlife trust so i do that every year we haven't got kids but it's me the wife and the dog but because i was sort of dragged up with nature and just aware that some kids perhaps don't really get to explore and stuff. So I just try and do what I can. And it's not just for kids, adults take as much out of it as well. And it was last October because someone actually finished their challenge yesterday for doing their thing that they're doing. They said to me, do you want to do it? And I said, not really, no, (laughs) that sounds like a a big challenge. I'm not interested, but I've got to the end of the 30 days while this year. And I just thought, oh, do you know what? Should I just do something just to keep on going? So I say sometimes I'll just take a photo of something, but because of the nature of what I am and I'm a bit of a cheeky so and so, I try and make a bit of a quirky something or other that goes with it. So today we were going along and there was like a, it was a drake mallard that was just sat on the branch that was on in the lake where we were walking the dog and having a bit of a scratch. So one one leg was up over his beak or something. So I just about managed to get that as a good photo when I put some really dodgy corny wording with the photo, but. A lot of people say they really enjoy what I do and some just can't believe the wording that I put which probably doesn't really help very much, but <laughs> it, it's just something to to do, even when I'm not working I'm looking outside my office window now. We've got some ivy flowers and I've not picked that up yet, but I can easily take a photo of that. So there's always something and you see so just take a photo of the leaves and then some buds of different colours, shapes, textures, barks, different shapes. So even in the winter there'll be things to find. And yeah. it's, it's just saying it just helps you feel the time you walk in really yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Have you got any suggestions for any books or resources that you maybe come across that you'd recommend for families
2: oh. <laughs> It's tricky on books and resources because once you start it becomes a bit of a addictive Habit. thing and you, you end up with a massive great bookcase This is a thing from the Field Studies Council and they mm. do various things so again that's not going to work but this one's a grasshopper's and crickets and stuff. But it's quite a good little book. So you get various slugs and snails and you do all sorts of things they do. But they're quite small ones. So if you're going out for a walk and if your little ones wanted to carry a little bug rucksack or something, you haven't got this big, heavy book to carry. An insect book is Michael Chinnery, I think yeah. he does. And these ones are very good because they've got photos of insects and things to identify. Because sometimes you get the pictorial things. They're not really a great representation. So we've got quite a few books now, like Toastals and sort of Butterflies, where you've actually got the, the photos as opposed to just the drawing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the ones that I'm reading at the moment is called Extraordinary Insects. I can't pronounce the lady's surname, so I'm probably about to mangle it, but I'll have a go. And Savidrubphiasin. Siv- uh, Sivir- f- oh, OK. That's how I no, pronounce it. oh, well. It's amazing the stories in there about these different insects. And people's mythologies around it and their biology and all of the kind of extraordinary things that happen yeah it's just just a really fascinating book um and then the other one that i really like at the moment is the forager's calendar by john wright which has been quite useful for just sort of showing my daughter some of the things that locally grow near us we don't Mm. forage that often to be honest it's just been a sort of nice sort of gentle introduction to it for her i have got a couple more questions before we wrap up. Do you have any tips for anyone who's maybe planning a more wildlife-friendly lawn or garden?
2: If you are looking to do something, we've got someone, their garden is only about 25, 30 square metres. It's a fairly small lawn, really. But they just said, we wanted to leave a corner and it's only about a five square metre area. So, again, if you've got two acres of grass, don't try and do all of it in one go. So as opposed to just going straight up there and going right Do a meadow first off, do your little bug hotels and your little things in the corner, and leave a leaf pile, put a water bowl out for the hedgehogs and the birds, try and do some sort of pond work. It doesn't have to be a massive, great expansive thing. Even if you put a, a small bucket outside with some things, so something can climb out in and out, no yeah. problems at all. It's just something so that you can get that engagement and again, just put feeders up various food for different birds and wildlife. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So what's next for you and your business?
2: Oh, well, to be fair, our business, we're just keeping on trundling on. We've got, Mrs. Launders, I tend to call caller. she runs the office for us. So it'd be nice if we have someone that can help out so we can then go out and do more walks in the countryside when I'm not so busy. Yeah. We've got two great lads work for us. So we'll just keep on. It's not expanding and taking over Nottinghamshire. We're not looking to take over the world. We haven't got – it sounds really bad in business, but we're not high expectations. We're not driven to do more and more and more and more. Mm. We're quite happy doing what we do. That's brilliant. Um, as long as, yeah, and our lads are happy doing their work. But hopefully, we pay them an okay amount. The customers keep coming in. We'll keep helping our customers as much as we can. And fingers crossed, they then recommend other people to them get more customers yeah so keep on going yeah yeah
1: so where can we find you online or maybe even in person then
2: online on lawmaster knots which is facebook and twitter and instagram be fair i'm not so busy on instagram for whatever reason i'm not so keen on the platform i do most of my rubbish cheery stuff on twitter um i'm on linkedin but that's just down as me as ian stevens if ever you need a cheery tweet to you up to all. I'm always there because I don't get an awful lot of work off Twitter, but I just quite enjoy the support of helping other people out and just, if you need me, I'm here, just tag me in and I can send something to you. It might not be the most appropriate for what you want, but it's likely to put a smile on your face. That's all I can say. <laughs> that's brilliant.
1: Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Ian. It's been a real pleasure and, um, yeah, highly recommend people do look out for Ian on Twitter and follow his account there. So, thanks
2: again. Right, thanks very much. Cheers, Rachel.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Curious About Nature. If you would like to keep getting nature and outdoor learning stories and tips, hit subscribe in the podcast so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to give a five-star rating and review to support our podcast reach. To deepen your child's connection with nature and natural world education, please check out the Nature Curious subscription box. Head over to the website buttercuplearning.com to further support your family's nature journey.